Welcome to episode six of Honestly Unbalanced. This week we chatted to Kevin Boyle, who's a Dublin-based yoga teacher and teacher trainer and also host of the Yoga Life podcast that I've been on a few times. So a little bit about Kevin. He spent most of his 20s partying and it took a little family intervention to make him realise his house was deteriorating and he needed to do something about it. So at 30, he found yoga. At 34, he started his yoga teacher training. And after being made redundant from his normal office job at 35, uh, yoga gripped him and he hasn't looked back ever since. Uh, We love Kevin. Uh, We're sure you will too. Enjoy, guys. So chances are a lot of you are practicing from home at the moment and maybe you could do the new yoga mat. Uh, I'm actually a Lifeform ambassador. I've used Lifeform for years, long before I was an ambassador. But I think they're the best yoga mats on the market. And using code AHUSTLER19, or caps, you can get 10% off their stuff. I get a little kickback too, which is much needed in these times. Uh, and Lifeform are actually supporting the yoga community in more ways than that. Over April, they're giving 100% of their profit directly to support yoga studios and yoga teachers through grants. Uh, There's more details on their website. That's 100% of their April profit. They're giving back to the yoga community. I think that's wonderful. So have a little look, get yourself a mat and uh, enjoy. Honestly Unbalanced. Well, thank you for joining us on our podcast. Adam's here as well. Hello. Hi there. (laughs) Why are you up at half seven in the morning? Why why is this happening, Kevin? We've had to Why? fit around your life. Actually, this I've... is your fault that we're up so early, isn't it? You were the one that <laughs> said we had to get up this time. Uh... What's this about? Yeah, I, I normally wake up about 4 a.m. Wow. Um, on average. I don't know why. That's not um, normal. You no, know, it's not normal. No. But I just, I, I need to get up. When I wake up, I can't lie in. Mm. Uh, my mum is the same way. And I'm the same. She, yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's, are you the same, Holly? Exactly the same. And I can't get back to sleep. I don't know about you. If you wake up, Adam will just fall straight back asleep. I'm like, oh, I just need to get out of bed because it's, yeah, it's pain. Just eyes open in bed, isn't but it? But it's still dark, isn't it, when you wake up then? Most it's still days. dark. Yeah. So what I do is I'll get up. I'll put on my headphones straight away. Try not to wake Rachel, the dog. Because mm. the dog now sleeps with us. Um, so yeah so it just <laughs> it, 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 it did kind of sound like you just said Rachel the dog <laughs> oh, sorry. oh no did that cut out just clarify <laughs> that you didn't mean that <laughs> poor Rachel so, so when I get up in the morning I, I like slide out of the bed and mm. put my dressing gown on and then I put my headphones on make a coffee and those first two hours of the morning are so productive mm. um, because there's no distractions no one is uh, emailing you and if I could lie in, I would. What, what I will say, though, is I love a nap if I can have it. Oh. So even if it's 20 minutes yeah. at some point middle of the day, that's a game changer for me. Really? I think I remember when, when we first met, you were saying you were sleeping in the car occasionally, like in the day. How sorry. dare you? <laughs> you had, no, yeah, you had like naps. You had naps around Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, hang um, on. Do you, do you schedule them in, like nap time in the diary, 4 p.m.? Or is it just like as and when, oh, I feel a little bit sleepy. Let's go to the car. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, um, this is quite embarrassing, but I have a sleeping bag in the back of my car (gasps) and a pillow. And what I'll do is I'll drive to the studio, wherever I need to be. Mm. I'll get there an hour before, lie in the back of the car, and I'll try to sleep. And if I can't sleep, I'll do some breathing. But I, I really need that 
break between what I've been doing all day and then having to speak in front of people. Yeah. I, I, I to compose myself. Um, and if I just get 20 minutes, even if I don't actually sleep, if I can close my eyes, I have a face mask as well. Oh, <laughs> um, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Hang on, by face mask is in the one like from Boots that you smear all over your face uh, and then wash oh, off sorry. afterwards or an eye mask. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. Is it an eye mask then? An eye an mask, eye okay, right, mask. got it. And do you find that students <laughs> give you tips when like after class? They just see the homeless yoga teacher roll out of their car <laughs> and they give you like, like a 10 quid to look after yourself at the end just of class. Them out again. <laughs> it's uh, a good way to make a bit of extra money, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's um. I know. I've been I've been caught a couple of times. People walk past and be like, "Oh, that's our yoga teacher sleeping in the back of his car." But um, I have to explain afterwards to to, to everyone that um, yeah, it, it just helps time. to clear your head. I find mm-hmm. if, you, if you you can't you can't be awake for that long. I don't think. No. And, and funk. Well, what time do you go to bed typically? Yeah. Eleven, half eleven. So, oh, so I you're not get doing a lot of sleep. Yeah, I get four max five hours sleep. Hang on. Have you listened to? Uh, Matthew Walker's sleep podcast. I feel like this needs to be your next one. You have, and still you you still go to bed late. Well, it's not actually a choice. I right, wish I okay. could him. Yeah. I I, I you're, are you saying are you referring to the, the dementia? The seven and, hours of sleep. Uh, it's a seven mm. hours a night uh, thing. No, yeah, no, but, it's just not possible. That's why I can justify it in my head because I get a nap in. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Have yeah, you later. tried like different tools, or you know, there's so much out there now. Have you tried chamomile? <laughs> Lavender <laughs> oil. But, yeah, but there are a lot of tools out there now, aren't there, that can help you sleep, or kind of metronomes. And there's, I think, s- some headphones released called cocoons, mm. which kind of go around your ear and are meant to really, really help you sleep. Oh, well, supposedly it, it's adrenaline that wakes you up in the morning, mm. and it, and also it's. They say your testosterone is highest at 5 a.m. Uh, oh, really? Just before sunrise, yeah. Um, not which, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I have much testosterone, but I, I do feel that thing of, as soon as I wake up, I mm. need to get up. Yeah. It's very mm. strange. I, um, and I just try to make the best of it, which makes but, me... I, I think your solution actually works well. Because I think as yoga teachers, you teach a hell of a lot of classes, don't you? I think. I, I used to, but I've actually cut down now to... Uh, oh, sorry. As in public classes, yeah. I teach uh, about uh, eight a week, and then I do other corporates and. Um, so, lots, d- so how many sessions would you say in total? Like sessions say of physical teaching. Sixteen. Mm, so a good number. A lot, yeah. But I think yeah. it can be quite hard to find rest in that. I think as a yoga teacher teaching in a city, you know, you're going from place to place. Often your break is either sitting on the tube or a bus or sitting in a coffee shop. It's actually hard, mm. very hard to find rest through that. So I think that solution, if you have a car or yeah, just resting definitely. in it, that's mm. your little bubble for that yeah. half an hour or that hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so for the, for in the morning, do you have a morning routine then, I guess, if you're just up by yourself for two hours? Have you kind of found yourself a routine? Do you meditate? Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so first thing in the morning is I put on my headphones mm. and I will often... Um, just listen to some calming music because mm. I, I I do find it it's a bit um, I don't like too much distraction in the morning. Yeah. I used to listen to the news and then oh. I used to listen to the Joe Rogan mm. podcast and now I've realised that I need to fill my head with if it's not good quality information I d- I don't want it. Yeah. So um, but in the morning time I, I try to just listen to some music, no lyrics, just something that's relaxing. Mm. Uh, I'll make a coffee and in my coffee I've started putting in pepper. 
Ooh. As in black pepper, cracking it in uh, with a grinder and then putting in this stuff. It's coconut oil with turmeric infused in it. Oh, wow. That sounds healthy. Yeah. On trend. Yeah. So, so, so my, Rach was telling me, must my girlfriend, that uh, pepper brings out the turmeric. You, you can absorb it a bit better. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's why yeah. They, they're a combo. Mm. And do you have that as like a long drink or just as more of an espresso? I have as a long drink. Um, so I blend that I, with a hand blender. Then I um, will drink that and I'll try to do something creative in the morning. So I won't reply to emails. I won't reply mm. to direct messages. I'll, uh, they, they, there's that book, Eat Eat the Frog, is it called? I oh, believe. Yeah. Where, they do say, the hard task first. Is that what it's all about? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So mine at the moment is trying to figure out, um, often it's stuff to do with podcasting, you know, or some mm. creative work. I'll yeah. have a Google Doc that I'm trying to add ideas onto and take stuff out. And that's what I'll tend to do first thing in the morning. And I find the first two hours of my morning, I get more work done than I do in the whole rest of the day. Mm. Oh, wow. And then you're done. Yeah. And it's always that feeling, I think. Some people um, get on better late at night. It's when you know the rest of the world is asleep. You're like, winning, yeah. smashed it. I've done all yeah. my work in two hours and well, everyone else is asleep. There's lots of crea- like creatives <laughs> that try and like, really isolate themselves to get work done. Not, not as in just going on retreats. I think, was it Tim Ferriss? They would occasionally book flights somewhere, book long flights, just because he enjoys working on the plane. That's it, we just sit on the plane mm. and do some work. And there's lots of places, people that would just book into hotels and are like, just because that's when they get work done. And yeah. you have that white noise of the airplane as well, which helps mm. you to concentrate. So it's almost like a soothing sound in the background. Mm. I'm guessing he's business class though. He probably has space. He's lying, a lot, a lot he's lying of, in a bed with a lot champagne. Of flights that I go on. I'm not working. I cannot. <laughs> like, like someone's taken hold of the armrest and there's this internal monologue and internal battle mm. going on like we're in some kind of war although yeah. we haven't made, even made eye contact yet. And yeah. do you find that you're generally pretty disciplined with your morning routine? Because I know yeah. that sometimes I, you are, yeah. Because it gets, yeah, well, I, yeah. I on. am because um, I, I know then uh, once I've done that two hours of work, then I'll do some movement. So mm. I, I know then by the time Rach gets up and I've got to walk the dog, I've done what's most important to me because everything else after that is is a bonus in a way. Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I especially the the movement side of things. I've uh, I always find that very difficult. Uh, although I, I I think movement is really important. It can be quite hard, especially at the moment when I don't know what the future holds mm. for me, Rach. Uh, unborn child oh, yeah. congratulations. yes congrats we stalked your <laughs> instagram we saw we were like ah <laughs> so exciting you're I gonna know. be a daddy <laughs> yeah mm. but but you think to yourself like god there's so many things that are going on that are out of our control out of mm. my control but yeah i'm making up in the morning doing these exercises these movements but uh, but in a way though mental health wise it gives me it feels like it gives me a bit of control one thing mm. i can control is my body my physical health mm. and if i can do that in the morning i i just feel i think we all do we feel a bit better about ourselves don't we well that, that's in many ways i think the core of what a yoga practice can do for most people in the west is it's a very tangible way to connect to the moment by mm. inhabiting your body more than meditation i think meditation is is that 
but it's much harder for most Westerners to connect with initially, at least. It's just mm. moving in the body and mm. observing the body, is getting to grip with something of ourselves, but at the same time, slightly beyond ourselves as well. Mm. What mm. kind of movement do you do then? Do you do your yoga or do you do a bit of like contemporary dance? Or <laughs> I'd love, I'd love <laughs> to say that. Just vision of you. Like. <laughs> yeah. Just wake up, I must dance. Yes, no. oh um. yeah, why not? <laughs> no, when I, when I dance, it's more like the kind of Englishman, you know, like the dad dance. Yeah, at weddings and stuff. As a quick, sorry, carry on. Oh, yeah. So what I am really interested in at the moment is FRC, functional range conditioning, and mm. doing loads of cars, so controlled articular rotations, essentially taking all the joints through the, the their full range of motion. Yeah. Okay. And I've started to teach Rach this as well. And uh, I, I love it because it's you don't need any weights or any, any kind of uh, external objects. And it's almost like a mix between flexibility and strength. Mm. And you start to realize little parts of your body that you've ignored. Um, whereas when I was younger, it was all about, can I build muscle? Mm. I don't feel like enough of a man. I need to feel more masculine. Mm. I want more muscle. Whereas now my priority is, uh, can I move better? Can I, uh, as, I get, as I'm getting older... And when I have kids and stuff, can, can I be able to play with my kids? Can I mm. squat, for example? So I just do very basic functional movement. Um, and I won't really push myself too hard, to be quite honest. I will never try and do one last rep. Mm. But instead, I just try to go for good control, good tempo and good quality. Mm. Have you you've done training in that? Is that with like Spinoza? Dr. Spinoza, yeah. I think he yeah. he set that up, didn't they? Or yeah, uh, Andrea Spina, I think is I think he, his name is actually <laughs> Sp- yeah, close. Close. Yes. Foreign. Foreign name. <laughs> no, his, his name is um, Spine in Italian. His surname, which is mm. kind of interesting. Oh, is it? Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's exactly. I haven't done any official training, although I wanted to. But I have done stuff with Dan Morgan, if you know Dan. Yeah. Um, CM lifestyle and I've done a few workshops so I, I've just and I've learned a, stuff, a lot of stuff online have you ever you guys ever tried that I've, 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 I've known his work for like four or five years and really mm. appreciated it and there was a few guys one guy called Hunter Fitness that did a lot of it and he's like just a unit but has the most obscene flexibility mm. and I, I used to I used to really love it and I still teach it as part of my classes and for the last few years, I've been looking to do formal training, but they're not in the UK that much. And when they are, because my schedule is planned a year in advance, I was like, I never go. I would, so I'd love to. I'd absolutely love to do training with them, but it's just not. not Interesting, possible. because we read on your website that you were the least athletic boy in school. And you were a yeah. partier, and you didn't, and you were encouraged by friends to do a triathlon eventually. When your father had to intervene and tell you and what you're doing with your life, basically, is what I read between the lines. <laughs> nice, Holly. Yeah, no, absolutely. When I was in school, so when I was a, a toddler, I was taken to the nurse, and they had me stand on what I do, a stand on one leg because they were worried that. I had um, equilibrium or balance problems. I couldn't run properly. And even when I was young, my mates used to be like, oh, go on, Kev, run for the ball. And I'd run and they'd be like, that sounds terrible, but they'd laugh at me, you know. Oh, my God, they they did it to laugh at you. That's banter between lads, you know. Uh, Banter slash bullying. But no, you you know what your mates are like. They're the ones that can take the piss out of you. And that's what your mates are for when you're young. But I I used to think like, I used to run funny. I was also born deformed. 
when I was born, I was born with something called Cactus Excavium, I believe it is. And it's uh, uh, one in 500 boys have it, and I think one in a 1,000 girls. And it's when your chest uh, caves in. Right. So the actual cartilage of the chest doesn't grow properly. Oh. And and therefore, my heart was under a lot of pressure. So I had very I had no fitness when I was young, mm. um, and I wasn't very coordinated. And I think that when I when I used to play football, I was always on the bench, or I'd mm. hardly ever get picked. So, although I loved football and loved the banter with the lads mm. and that communal side of things, it didn't make me feel good. You know, mm. I felt like, uh, well, sport is not my thing. So, um, I didn't really have a thing to be honest. I I was, you know, I had I was friends with the the jocks. I was friends with the lads that smoked. I was friends with the lads that used to fight a lot and kind of. Um, mm. um, People, I used to be, I suppose, uh, what's the word, like a bit of a people's person and know everyone really a mm. little bit. Mm. And then only, w w it was funny you say about my dad because when I moved to Bristol, I partied a lot, mm. <clears throat> a lot. Was that and uni I, or you just moved there? No, no, actually it was after uni. Right. It's, it's funny you say about uni because I used to be quite resentful um, that I never stayed on campus. I never lived in halls. Right. You never had that experience. Is that because no. you went, where did you go to uni? Yeah. Went in Dublin. So I okay. moved with my mum and dad and my sister to Dublin when I was 18. Mm. And instead of going to university somewhere in mm. England, because my choice was do I go and live in England when mum and dad live in Ireland and therefore I'm living in a different country, I'll probably never move back to Ireland, I'll meet someone in England and I'll live there and then I didn't want to separate from my parents so I moved over with my mum and dad and then in Dublin, if you live in Dublin and you go to university in Dublin, you normally don't, you normally just live at home with your parents yeah. and you oh, go really? to, because it's so small, you know, yeah, you would need, okay, I guess you would just, need to you save money. Yeah, you wouldn't need to live on. Uh, and often they give priority to the people from the countryside who yeah. actually need the halls of residence. So my university time was so boring. Oh. I had the most uninteresting university life. I just studied, had really bad acne. Mm -hmm. um, and that was basically my time at university. So when I finished university, I moved to Bristol with a job. And I was like, right, now's my time. I'm mm. 21, 22. I'm going to live my live my <laughs> university life that I didn't live. Um, and I went off the deep end a little bit for a couple of years. Came back to Ireland. And I remember my old man said to me, <clears throat> my, my dad is very quiet. He's from the countryside. He's a f from a farmer's. They're very reserved. And he said, uh, Jesus, Kevin, you let yourself go. Oh. Yeah, and for him to say that to me, normally my mum would say stuff like mm. that. You know, your mum kind of put, puts you in check. But mm. my, for my dad to pipe up and he's like, you know, you've really, you, you've put on a lot of weight and stuff. Mm. And to be honest, it, it, he kind of fat shamed me, <gasps> <laughs> you know, which actually but worked. he needed it, yeah, I from someone that loved you. Exactly, because mm. he said, uh, you know, this isn't the person I know. Mm. You're kind of, I had really like bad skin. I was all bloated. And it hurt my feelings so much that I thought, you know, he's right. Mm. He's actually right. I look in the mirror and I think I've got kind of a big belly, skinny arms. I've got a double chin. Like this, this isn't, I don't feel good about myself. And then I started noticing it, mm. right? My friend at the time, good friend of mine, shout out to Brian. He, he said to me, um, you know, you should try running. 
Mm. Uh, and I said, oh, well, I mean, one in for what? I don't. And he said, well, there's a thing called a triathlon where you run, you cycle, you swim. And I could swim a little bit. I had a bike. And that was the start of it, really. I, I started with him. The thing is, I went to the other extreme. I mm. stopped eating carbohydrates. <laughs> so I, I started, I remember my, my dinner would be a can of tuna and a tub of cottage cheese. <laughs> so, oh, the worst. It was, yeah, so I went to the other extreme, but then people start saying to me, Kev, you're looking well. I was like, oh, really? You know, and people start paying me compliments going, God, you're looking really fit. And then I felt good then. And I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to stop drinking alcohol. And then um, and it kind of it went from there, really. So, um, so that was that the was catalyst, my, your dad. That was the catalyst. Yeah. What, was work, how, what was work for you then? When in Bristol? No, when, when you came back? When I came back, I was working as a recruitment consultant. And then what, what point did that transition? So this passion for fitness stuff, mm. when did that turn into more career? Or how did so, it turn into a career? Yeah, so I, I went from job to job in the recruitment business, which tends to happen a lot. It's quite a high turnover. And... Where, then I was recruiting for an artificial intelligence company. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, so AI. And I got on really well with the CEO. And he said to me, would you be interested in working for us? We're just starting. They're a big company now. But at the time, they just started. Would you be interested in working for us? So um, I said, yeah. I joined them. And then I thought, right, this is great. I'm in a really interesting company. I'm doing work that is going to uh, change society because they they essentially train robots to think like humans and that was all interesting and then uh, Ch- I, change or destroy society i know it's scary, scary, isn't it? i'd love i'd love to say it was my choice but i was i was made redundant from that job okay um which wasn't the first time in my life but and at the time i'd already started a 200 hour teacher training and I, I said to my sister, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing yoga for a while. I started yoga when I was 30. And I sort said, you know, I might t- try this 200-hour thing because I could do one class a week maybe, teach, you know, my friends and family or whatever. And then when I got made redundant, my sister said to me, you know, you could be a yoga teacher as a job. And I didn't think it was a job. I thought that it was just like something people did on the side. And mm. um, and then I said, well, look, I'm not very flexible. And also I'm a man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know any male yoga teachers. Yeah, I don't. Actually, funnily enough, um, Yoga Hub, Adam, obviously you've been to quite a few times. You've been to Yoga Hub, Holly. Have I been to Yoga Hub, Adam? Well, they've been no, to, no, to one after a while. I haven't. No. no. No, funnily enough, actually. So this is my first experience with yoga. Sorry, Adam, I'm kind of going off on tangent here. No, 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 far away. Um Walked into Yoga Hub when it was a tiny room, just one studio, and it was on my road when I was 30. And I said, I want to try this yoga business because I, I, I'm like, I need to start looking after myself and not just running all the time. I was getting even more inflexible. And when I walked in, <laughs> there was one bloke in the room. I was like, oh, thank God, there's at least there's one more bloke here. And then I was looking around going, Who, who's the teacher? Where, where? <laughs> and I realized, they were the teacher and it was Matt from Yoga Hub who actually owns Yoga Hub. Right? Okay, he so was, quite a laddie, he was, a laddie teacher. 
Yeah. It wasn't like a, like a contemporary dancer leading the class. No, no, because no, he was a personal trainer before, so he's like you know fairly athletic guy, mm. and uh, yeah, he's a uh, yeah, he's a he's a man. Right? <laughs> and then I thought, um, all right, okay, so this guy. It's a bit weird, but this guy's the teacher. So I went, so went, did a few classes, did my free trial as you do. Didn't go back for a while, but then it, it kind of stuck with me. I thought I quite like this yoga thing because I feel a bit calmer. Mm. And um, how long did it take you to get to that point? Sorry to interrupt. Where, where yeah. you felt, oh, actually, this is not just impacting me physically, but also mentally as well. Well, it tied in with when I started. Um, so I, I used to do a lot of, uh, not a lot, how can I say it, but I used to party a lot and do you know, mm. ecstasy, cocaine, that type mm. of thing. And what I love about that is the connection between people. Like I think, I mean, they call it ecstasy for a reason. It does what it says on the tin. You know, you, you meet someone, you do a pill together and you just feel incredible. And, you, you, and I used to think to myself, wouldn't it be great if life was like this all the time? <laughs> you, you actually... When you meet someone, you're looking at them and you're like, you're, you know, pupils are dilated and there's like this you love connection. Them. You love them, yeah. You just love them straight but then, away. But then you don't love the few days afterwards. But then when I went to yoga, I, I realized that there was a lot of odd people at yoga, very eccentric and kind of strange. And I liked the people I met at yoga more than I liked that I met at the gym. Mm. Mm. And I thought, do you know, I, I kind of feel a bit weird myself sometimes. Like I'm terrible at small talk. I can't be like, oh, lovely day we're having Mrs. Brown. <laughs> or, you know, uh, what about the, uh, you know, politics? I can't, I'm rubbish yeah, at that. Yeah. I, my, my small talk is like, um, you know, are you scared of dying alone? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm with you, Kevin. I'm so with you on that. Like, just show me your soul. Just give it to me immediately. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So when I went to yoga, I thought, yeah, these people are kind of a bit odd. And I feel a, a, like a connection with that. And um, I just felt a bit more patient. Like I, mm. I used to, in my twenties, I could couldn't keep hold of a relationship mm. with a, with a woman. Mm. I um, would just because I had a, a very impatient temperament, you know. And then I started to feel just. Uh, sorry to answer your question. How long it took? It took about five years, Holly. Mm. <laughs> wow, so because- you really committed to it then. Yeah, because I start, I, I'd, I'd start, then stop, start, then mm. stop. But then when I started to do it myself at home, yeah. that was the big difference. Oh, okay. Just a little bit at home. I go, oh, I'm going to try what that teacher showed me today. And um, yeah, I, I, I started to feel a bit more like um, I was developing my own practice, which which wasn't that physically impressive, but um, it I got fairly consistent with it. Mm. And then career-wise, so you... Did yoga for a fair while, did that 200 hour training, and you've come quite far relatively quickly. Like, how much work has that taken you? Because you're now teaching in multiple studios, you're teaching around Ireland, aren't you? You've got your podcast going, you're doing teacher training stuff in a, like, in, in a relatively short space of time. Like, you're, you're doing around and you're a popular teacher. Like, what was your journey there? I guess part of that was waking up early in the morning and just getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's. Well, I have to say, uh, Adam, um, and you've been a huge inspiration for me. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, without question, at the start, when I was looking at who to model myself off, I thought, well, I don't live near a beach. I don't have loads of tattoos. I can't do a one-hand handstand. (laughs) I can't do those stuff. And I can't think of 
witty or philosophical things to say every every day so then when i discovered uh, your instagram and your work i thought all right this guy is very english you know, <laughs> wears clothes like, doesn't always have his shirt, doesn't always have his shirt off um is it is doing stuff in the um in the street in london and uh your your posts were very british it was kind of like dry humor and, and i thought oh yeah yeah <laughs> but, yeah but i thought oh this is this this can be done this this is someone who's uh, successful and um very much themselves and I, that really resonated with me so thank you for that mm-hmm. um and then when i seen so when i seen your work um i thought okay right so maybe i can kind of be a bit more myself be a bit more uh, I don't want to categorize myself, but a bit more British, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bit more. Uh, yeah. So, and um, when I when I first started teaching with Yoga Hub, for example, I did my two. So, how, how it started was I did my two hundred hour, and then I wrote an email to Yoga Hub saying, "Hey, Matt." Uh, I've known you, for, you know, remember me, I used to go to your classes, well, I've just done a 200 hour, and I'd be interested in teaching. Um, so oh, very pre- presumptive, I thought, you know, just let me know when I can start. Um, <laughs> Here's my timetable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, obviously, Yoga Hub are going to prioritize the people that do their training to hire them. And did, I didn't, did you like, not do that? I did another one. No, I did it in a different place, mm. that, um, a place called the Elbow Room. So um, Yoga Hub didn't uh, want to hire me at that time. And now I was a bit like, oh, shit, this, this is kind of bad. Um, I just assumed that I'd be hired because I've done a 200-hour. And then the where I did my 200-hour said they weren't interested in me me either because I had too many, too many teachers. And I thought, oh, no, I've made a big mistake here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just assumed that if you do a 200-hour and you ask for a job, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. I think that's often the, the case. World, so, I think a lot of students just fail to realise how many people do two hundred hour trainings. Mm. And you, know, you had lots of yoga experience before you did yours, but there's so many people now who see it just as a quick career change and do yoga for a few months, do a three week teacher training, and come back assuming there'll be kind of jobs aplenty. It's quite mm. saturated at the moment, isn't it? Especially in London. So, mm. how, how did you get your first job? Well, this is it. But the thing is. That that can initially I felt disappointed, but then that turned me into uh, more of I became defiant. Like I'll show you, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this myself. And, yeah, and this this shows you how deluded I people well I can be. I ended up buying, you can see here, but t- about fifty blocks, <laughs> loads of bricks, and I said I'm gonna start my own yoga studio. Oh wow! Um, I know, just to, like not really thinking straight. So what I did then is I started, um, I hired out the local hall just around the corner mm. here and uh, community hall. I put on Facebook saying, I'm doing these classes, 6.30 in the morning, come Whoa. down. 6.30, yeah, what are you thinking? I thought, for me, that was a, little, a bit of a lion. I feel quite I lucky thought, now that it was 7.30, not 4 in the morning, uh-huh. you asked us to join you. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, right, this is it. I, I went went round to all, I just moved into where I'm living now, and I went round to all my neighbours, and I printed out these flyers, and I said, right, I'm just going to drop them in. Mm. And I had the moment where I, now this is Christmas, uh, this is Christmas Eve. Wow, um, dedicated. Three years ago. I was wearing a black tracksuit, I remember, English accent, 
Um, and I just moved to the area. No one knew who I was. And I, <laughs> I was at my first door and I was about to knock and I thought, and I remember it was so oh, cold. You were knocking as well. You weren't just putting them through the post box. You were knocking. Well, this, is, this is the thing, Adam. This was a, a pivotal moment for me. <laughs> I said, I've got 100 flyers here, right? It's Christmas Eve. I, I'm going to get this done now and have my first class to be the first uh, week of January mm. to be like, you know, new year, new you type thing. Mm. And um, I remember I was so cold, my toes were white. You know, when your toes are so cold, you can't, you feel like I have no toes. Mm. Uh, and um, I got to the first door and I thought, right, this is it. Do I, do I just put it through the door and cross my fingers or do I knock? Mm. So I knocked to a couple of steps back. You see, I used to be a door-to-door salesman. So oh, so you got the I practice. To, I, I used to show shampoo door-to-door when I, that was my first job out of uh, university. Just because to say how well my degree helped me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but So I, I, I employed those door-to-door tactics. I knocked, took two steps back. The mm. person came out and was like, yeah. I said, hey. And the first thing you do door-to-door is you point. So I said, I'm, my name's Kevin, and down the road, and I pointed down the road, and they, when you point, people would step out their door and look where you're pointing to, Kevin? even though you're not oh. pointing at the actual thing. And I say, I'm doing a class here next week, yoga uh, in the local community hall. Um, be great to have you down. With this flyer, you get a discount off, and you can bring a friend with mm. you. So I did that. It took me two days to do 100 flyers. And then... <laughs> the first week in January when I got to the uh, studio or the studio, the, the community hall, no one showed up. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh. so I was like, right. Um, so I sent it out on Facebook going, hey, everyone. I did a, Then I did a Facebook campaign, like an ad on Facebook. Long story short, people started to come. Mm. And then um, Can I just ask one to- question, one interjection. When you were selling shampoo, what did you point to when you were selling shampoo? The like salon the sh- is down... Salon ah. is down the road. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah. Just needed to know yeah. that. Yeah, there's loads of loads of things um, you, you, you do to, uh, you know, that, that first three, few seconds is so important. But mm. so, um, um, so th- then people started to come and I started putting on Facebook going, thanks everyone for a great class. Took a group photograph afterwards. Yeah. Hope to see you again tomorrow. Then I, the, the classes started getting busy. So I started putting on more classes. Then the weather started getting good. So I started doing it outside. outside. And I'm not sure if the yoga studios see me doing that on social media. But then I was put on the cover list for the studios. Yeah. And they said, oh, you know, if you can cover. And I was like, oh, great. So I covered a couple of classes, got good feedback. And they offered me a permanent class mm. and then more and more classes. And, and almost within three months of teaching public classes, I said, um, I'm up for doing a workshop. I didn't actually wait for them to ask me. I said, I could do a workshop if you mm. wanted to. And it was funny because I suggested the workshop. I'm not talking about yoga Hub now. This is another studio. And they said to me, you've only been teaching for three months. Like, you, uh, like what makes you think you can do a workshop? And I said, well, it's basically like a class, but you talk – you you stop a bit more and it's two hours and you specialize generally in one area and they're like yeah pretty much i says i did the poster up so i did the poster myself and uh put it up myself in the studio and then that went really well Mm. and it kind of just um i didn't wait for someone else to suggest things i just thought i'm gonna do it Mm. and if it doesn't work i'll I'll try something else um so in terms of the progression um I mean, I, 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 as you said, Adam, I think it's very um, naive to think that people are going to hire you 
as I did if they just if you just feel like you have the qualification you're entitled to it mm. but instead to show that you um, are going to do it anyway and then mm. if they I think I think actually what's a great tactic is to say to the person that owns the studio I'll teach a class for free and you can come to yeah. the class if they're willing to take that risk yeah where did this can I ask where did this confidence come from or were you faking it or did you kind of have an end goal in mind you're like I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do this power on or did you yeah was it confidence or did you kind of fake it till you make it type vibe well well, no, the, no. Although I wouldn't say I, I faked it. Uh, the confidence comes from my mum, to be honest. My mum uh, would always like say to me, you know, uh, I mean, she'd keep me in check as well. She's a, like small, tough little Irish woman from the countryside. <laughs> but she would also like give me confidence to say, like, oh, you've got the gift of the gab, and yeah. you know, you're good with people. Um, so. So I thought, okay. And then when I started doing the door to door sales, I know it sounds daft. And I'm, I'm, part of me is kind of embarrassed about that time of my life. But the other part of me is my boss would say to me, when people buy off you, they're buying a piece of you. Oh, that's they're, nice. They're, so they're, although they are buying the shampoo, what they're doing is that for that five minutes, they're trusting in you, just, yeah. just words. Mm. And I thought, you know, my dad is a, uh, a builder. So he does... His product is, uh, and he's a craftsman as well, his product would be, say, to make a sculpture, which he's in, into now as well. And that's his thing. What's my product? I don't have one. It, what it is, it is, is words. It's you. <laughs> people by people, and, right? So and that's probably a big factor for why you've been relatively successful, that you actually have that charm, that charisma, mm. and the confidence in that... You do get me smiling. You know, lots of people can have that without putting the work in. Like someone from an acting background, let's say, can be full of charisma and can hold the space very well. But will people have a positive experience and keep going back? I'm not sure. Will they succeed? Not necessarily. But I think it's that combination of having the charisma, but equally putting the work in to make the opportunities mm. as, as you have done and actually put work into the training and the education and the practice yourself. Yeah. I think it's that combination that's key. Mm. And yeah, did, thank you. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry go on. Go on. no, no, you, you go on. I, I think when I got made redundant from the last job, which hopefully is the last job I ever get made redundant from, the AI company, that feeling of hopelessness and being mm. pathetic, essentially, although they did it in a very humane way, I thought, I'm 33 now. It wasn't a robot, didn't a robot. <laughs> Was it a robot that? that made was you redundant? Was it a very human <laughs> robot? Sorry, Kevin. Uh, no. Kevin, you are redundant. Um, yeah, it, it, it was. It was. It was that that feeling that I had was. Uh, I thought, shit, I, I don't want to feel this way again. Mm. You know, and and that's that's what's kind of spurred me on to to think that I need to make this happen for myself. Mm. And I don't. I'm not good at many things. Uh, like I don't have. Uh, a skill can't play guitar can't uh, juggle I can't you know I, I don't but I, I feel like um, I what for, back to my mother I'm I think I'm a good host mm. Mm. Uh, my mum and still does it now she she I was gonna say she keeps students that sounds like she keeps them like pigeons she um, <laughs> hosts students in a house <laughs> so she hosts students who are here to learn English Okay. And ever when we were growing up, our house was the house that everyone came to. Mm. So we'd go, the, the people would have sleepovers at my house always. And my mum would be like, oh, how are your boys? And she she hugged the lads mm. like they were our own sons. Oh, I bet they love that. And, yeah. yeah. And, 
I used to think, and I think that kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Mm. Like, oh, I like to host people. Mm. So um, when it came to teaching, I, I, I felt like this is almost like a little mini dinner party. So when people come in, I'm like, hey, how are you? And, you know, I, I try to, and when I'm, when someone's talking to me, I really try and look at them in the eye. And yeah. I, I'm conscious of um, giving them loads of attention. And I think that um, people like that and therefore they, um, I, I feed off that, you know. Mm-hmm. I must say what I find really challenging in this job is how much time you can spend on your own. Mm. That's, that's, that, that has been. Hence uh, the naps. in the car escape reality for a while (laughs) (laughs) do you do you find it's a mismatch as in when you first imagine the life of a teacher i guess you might have imagined you're just surrounded by all these kind of like you lovely loving yoga hippies and that's your lifestyle (laughs) and you kind of chill out chill out in the studio all day (laughs) but then and but then suddenly actually you see them and you host them for an hour or 90 minutes but then you're off again and there's Mm. quite a disconnection isn't there yeah. And so how, how does it compare the life that you lead now as a yoga teacher compared to perhaps what you thought the life of a yoga teacher might be when you started out, like looking at social media or mm. looking at my social media? Yeah. Perhaps what is what's a, is there a disconnection or what I, the I, there is a disconnection. I, I think the, the key characteristic that one must develop is resilience. Mm. Yeah. Resilience is is it gives you a lot of freedom because I um, I get so <clears throat> I still get very anxious speaking in front of people because <clears throat> sorry I um, I'm always trying to push it a li- push the boundary. So in other words, uh, now that I'm doing the public classes, I want to do workshops. Then I want to do workshops. I want to do trainings. I do trainings. I want to do podcasts. I do podcasts. I want to do video podcasts. I want to do online yoga. So I, I'm I'm always trying to push it push it and when i f- uh, feel that anxiety i i make that choice to be like right do i f- do i fold now under this pressure mm. or do i just do it anyway and um if like i don't when people oh god this is not going to be a very popular thing to say but i think a lot some yoga teachers are real um wimps you know it's a bit <laughs> like soft, saying it out loud. Soft, <laughs> soft like have some god damn it i mean if i only taught when i was felt good mm. i'd hardly i'd probably i wouldn't hardly teach at all i know that's an exaggeration <laughs> it, it, is, it is amazing when you see these cover lists if you're on like a whatsapp cover group of how many people often oh i don't have the energy to t-. i'm sure some of them are very genuine but you often say, oh, I don't have the energy to teach today. Oh, I've given too much of myself this week. I think I might need cover on a class in five days' time. Or oh, I've got a sore throat. Can anyone cover my class next mm-hmm. Saturday? <laughs> You'd think yeah. actually yoga's really bad for you, looking at some of these cover lists. <laughs> yeah. Is I it mean, down to personality me... type, maybe? I don't know. But but also, so, I mean, everyone, everyone has a different composition. Like, say, for example, yeah. I mean, I'm living, I mean, I'm with Rach and Rach is pregnant and, you know, uh, women's and men's body and people and just everyone is a bit different in that respect. So I am considerate about people who have maybe even underlying conditions mm. and they, they and but but at the same time, um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I could be, I hope I'm not lying here, but I don't think I've ever had a class covered and I've only been teaching for three years. So, but ever had a class covered because I didn't feel well, mm. Yeah, uh, I'd have to be, 
like something you have to do drastically wrong mm. for me not to teach. Yeah, just uh, cough over the students. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think you teach your best class when you're feeling a bit low as well. It's like take, teaching from that state of vulnerability and lowness. It makes you a real person. That's what yoga is about, right? There, for me, and anyway. there was something yeah. when, when I, I had a lot going on a few years ago. You know, I think you know about this where I had like people dying. I had like a broken foot. I was constantly splitting up with my ex, like again and again and again. And I taught some of my best classes. Mm. And for me, the, the, the actual teaching was like an escape. Because for an hour and a half for 90 minutes, I didn't have to think about anything else. It makes you feel better yeah. teaching, doesn't it? It fills you up. Question for you, Holly, on this yeah. note, that oh. in that how people are different. Mm. Do you think perhaps females give a little bit more of themselves perhaps is more caring and gives a little bit more of their energy perhaps mm. i mean i think naturally you can't really generalize but i think naturally women seem to be more um intuitive and, and giving of energy and so perhaps yeah i think men have maybe i shouldn't say this but more of a natural h- hardness maybe I, I don't know if i'm saying that right but I, I know that i give all of myself in every class and it does take up a lot of energy so maybe women are more susceptible to to that. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really great point because I have found that um, I mean I'm a fairly sensitive person, mm. but I found that I don't um, I I have do have a barrier a little bit yeah. when I'm in that teacher student relationship. Like if someone is crying, I I won't hug them. Mm. I I won't no, really don't get involved them. in that. I don't, maybe I don't do, it's sorry. about sorry I was going to say a bolster. maybe a bolster. it's about um, you know how men often grow up being told they can't cry they can't show their feelings so much as women so they naturally have a tendency to have that barrier and that boundary whereas women it's fine to cry like we're, we're you know we're categorised as being emotional so maybe we let it out more maybe it's to do with that I don't know and then yeah. that in, in turn it and maybe more open our energy to supporting more. people like men generally yeah. are encouraged to act yeah i think as boys you know we're told you know we need to do stuff mm. and get on with stuff and we take the piss out of each other like chin up and that, get on with it indeed whereas females tend to be more outwardly nurturing. supportive mm. and nurturing i think men are in their own way but that way is often to take the piss yeah i think that could yeah. be it so carry on and and also i think that um you know, to, to be a great teacher, you do need to listen or good communicator. You do need to listen to your body. Mm. And I think that it is important to, um, take time off if you need it. But for me, my priority is to be, um, a breadwinner. Like I'm the breadwinner of this household Mm. and to look after, to, to, um, and I, I, I take a lot of pride in that. I'm mm. also very driven by status. I, again, this is things I'm not proud to say, mm. but I, I care about my status. I care about what people think of me. Mm. I care that I'm progressing and I I want more. And and it doesn't mean I'm, I'm happy now, but what I see for myself in the future, me, Rach, couple of kids, couple of dogs, living uh, maybe in Wicklow. Uh, like this, what, What's the, Wicklow? Like, Wicklow is um, just below Dublin. It's mm. where my mum is from, actually. And to have like a property that has a garden. For, we mm. don't have a garden here, for example. Mm. So I would like to have a garden and like have some land. And therefore, I have this momentum going now. And I, I want to keep it going. Yeah. And um, that's what keeps me uh, trying to keep me... Keep me uh, drives you. Drives you and putting that, giving that output. Mm. Um, 
How Sorry. do you find that being self-employed? I think in a typical job, there is cl often clear route for progression. You get a promotion, then a few years, you get another promotion, etc., etc. I think when you're self-employed, especially in a competitive industry, like the wellness industry is you know, so competitive and everyone mm. generally is self-employed, we it's very hard to be satisfied. Or No, it's not sad, satisfied is the wrong word, but it's it's hard to feel safe and secure because you see perhaps how many people are doing yoga teacher trainings and how many people are coming up there and how if you want to maintain a steady income, perhaps you need to constantly stay ahead. Mm, it's in your and hands, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's to, completely, to make it how happen. much money you make is often completely up to you. Up to you yeah. and in your hands and how much work you're willing to put in and how much you are willing to stay ahead of the games. So that's balance between that and actually trying to just stop in the moment and be satisfied with what you have. And actually practice the yoga that we teach. Indeed. And I think it's, 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 a, it's a very hard duality, isn't yeah. it? Between wanting very to hard. push forward and wanting to stay on top, between actually just thinking rest. And Kevin, do you have that? Mm -hmm. If you Do you have tools for, it sounds like you're so full on, you're ambitious, you've got all these dreams that you want to work towards. Do you have that time for yourself? Apart from in the morning, do you ever have like an hour where you, you know, meditate or you go for a walk or any kind of tools that you can pull out when you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed? Do you know, Holly, it's so funny you say that because getting a dog has oh. been the, one of the most yogic experiences I've had. Oh, when, when I is she there? Uh, he, no, he's uh, it's he. he, but he's uh, he's uh, he's in bed with Rach still. I assume. Uh, I assume. Uh, but it's hard. Yeah. So, um, but they're downstairs anyway. Um, mm. But when I walk Alfie, um, which is our dog's name, Alfie. Um, it, you know, you, you, you're just. I, I never normally go outside to walk. I think. Mm. Well, I could go outside and walk now, or I could send one more email. So yeah. I don't normally walk. Mm. Um, but um, and I drive as you know to, to get to places to studios. So I walk a lot more now. I'm mm. in nature a lot more now than I used to be, as in in the, our local park. And when you're with the dog, the dog, you know, loves you no matter what. They, they, you, you come home and they don't know how, how your day's been. They just jump on you and they're just a ball of affection essentially mm. so that is uh for me is just uh pure pleasure mm. and that's that's actually um the t only time i have really and obviously with rachel as well uh where i'm not keeping going on this yeah. on this momentum um Pets are yeah, so, so pets are good. And you yeah. guys got a cat now. We just you? got a little kitten, and I so <laughs> second you with that. It's like you have to actually give it. I mean, not that you wouldn't want to anybody, but you have to spend that time with the kitten and yeah, play. And it's it's like it's quite a spiritual practice in itself, actually, because you're so present with that little ball of joy that mm -hmm. you can't be anywhere else. So yeah. yeah, I'd suggest, especially in this time, it's such a perfect time to get a pet at the moment with everything that's going on. Definitely. So yeah, no, she's pets, just asleep on Adam's lap. For, pets aren't just for Corona period. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new slogan <laughs> not just for corona <laughs> we, we've actually wanted one for a long time and we just Sorry. thought this is a perfect opportunity to allow one to settle in because mm. we you know we are in the house not loads but between us we're around quite a lot which makes it fine what, to have in a normal pet. life yeah mm. in normal life there's one of us often in or around or about to come in mm. etc but to have all this time with it mm, this little special. Suki Suki but, but I just realised as well her name's Suki Suki uh, of course loved one. in Sanskrit it's often referred like females generally kind of there's a Suki reference as mm. part of that in Japan in Japanese it means loved one loved one mm -hmm. but I keep saying like Suki no 
I feel like you don't watch TV. I feel like you're just on the I, go all the time. I don't, but oh. I do. I have watched two episodes of The Tiger King. Is this is one. This is a new thing that's trending. Okay. What's okay. it about? It's about a chap who owns a tiger sanctuary, and supposedly he got convicted of murder. That hasn't come up yet, but murdering uh, the tigers. N- no, oh, uh, murdering a compare, I believe, with tigers. <laughs> Tigers attack. Sounds brilliant. Let's watch this. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting to see a life, uh, a way of life that you didn't know existed. Mm. Like tiger farming, essentially. Yeah, in right. South, uh, South America. The Apparently, there are more lions and tigers. And bears? Oh, no, my. no, no. no. It, I, I'm murdering this, but roughly, I think more tigers and lions in Texas than there are in the rest of the world. Texas is pretty huge, isn't it? No, but as in, in captivity in Texas, oh. than there are in the rest of the world, like, oh, all together. Something, exactly. something horrific like that. I want to end on it's something crazy. light. Okay, so one, another one for me. <laughs> what is sacred to you? Not walking the dog, but anything else that is, like, sacred time for you? Or anything. Time of rage. Oh. <laughs> That's a nice way to end. No, no, it's not a nice oh, way to end. Oh, we got another one. Uh, so... Your be- the best thing you've sp- let's uh, two this is two layers. So one thing you've spent money on in your career as a yoga teacher that was a really good investment, however much money that was, it could be a training or or anything, uh, and then something you've bought recently for like less than a hundred pound that has had a good impact on your life. So but one career second one second one first is a microphone. Okay. A good, a good quality. I mean, this microphone I'm using now, a Zoom H1N, this cost me a hundred pounds. I did my first 50, 60 podcasts with this and, um, I still use it as I'm using it now. And I, I really believe in the power of voice, mm. but I, I think mm. that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of becoming obsessed with, anyway, I won't go into that, mm. but I'm getting, I really think voice is so interesting it's and powerful. I have a lot to learn about that mm. and a microphone if you're a professional communicator, is invaluable. Mm. What the first part of that question, Adam, sorry, was... So it was like something, a big investment you've made mm. on your path as a yoga teacher that has been a really good investment. The 300 hour I did with Dice and Bryony. 
dicey decline and Bryony mm. Smythe. Mm. Why? Uh, what about because, it? Because because um, firstly, I love Dice as a as a person, um, and I love Bryony too. But um, they made me realise that yoga could be fun. It mm. could be a bit more creative and didn't have to be so dogmatic. And you could be very successful and still be a really nice person, which Love they both that. are. That's such a nice way to end. You could be successful and, and a, a nice, nice person. person. Brilliant. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much Kevin, for chatting with us. Tell us where we need to send people yeah. for you. What's your stuff? Uh, well, my Instagram is Kevin Boy Yoga, and my podcast is called the Yoga Life Podcast. Um, although I'm thinking of changing the name Ooh. to the, I know this to sounds what? the Kevin Boyle Show, which sounds right. Oh yeah, I feel like that's those words are meant to be together. <laughs> Finally, those words unite. <laughs> it's but happened. The reason, I, I love the name of your podcast. Honestly, I'm balanced because it's not specifically just about one thing, and therefore gives you the freedom to bring Indeed, on yeah. people of all different uh, backgrounds and skills, and. Um, so, but to answer your question is, is find me on Instagram. I, I think Instagram is fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Really and awesome. just to confirm, you're based in Dublin. So Dublin, Ireland. Because there is a Dublin in America as well. Oh, there's a Camden. I had someone when I was teaching in Yoga <laughs> Hub in Camden. I was teaching a workshop, I'd know a day long training there. And then someone texted me on Instagram saying, I'm at, I'm at Yoga Hub in Camden. Oh. They, they don't know anything about this. Oh and it turns out that in Camden, London, <clears throat> there is a, a tiny little studio oh, called Yoga Hub that like I'd never heard of. Uh, bless. Yeah. Just before we go really quickly, can you do an Irish accent or is that a no-no? Um, can I do an Irish This is going to be very embarrassing. Um, what, what do you want me to say? Give me something to say. My new podcast is going to be The Kevin Boyle Show. My new podcast is going to be the Kevin Boyle Show. <laughs> right, your career's <laughs> Thank over. You, so you need much. to, you need to I'm move back to London now. It's terrible. I can't. It's I'm, my mum and dad are Irish, but I can't do an Irish accent. I, I thought that was brilliant. I, yeah, I, I like perfect. that a lot. I, I tried. I've got an Irish passport. My 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 family were Irish, and <laughs> I, I I I try and do it. I can speak some Irish. Go oh, on, us us do this. What was that? Shut the door or open the door. That's good. I'm done. This is a new thing I've learned about you. It's very specific. I think think we should call it a day now. Kevin. What about you, Holly? Any impressions? Do Australian. Oh, for God's sake. I should have done this with Phoebe, shouldn't I? Um, Hi, my name's Holly, and uh, my podcast with Adam is Honestly Unbalanced. Oh, my God. I'm basically from Sydney, aren't I? There we go. On that wonderful note. Were you just getting me to do one there so you could do one? Was that it? Yeah, obviously, I want everyone to to hear my skills. Kevin, sing a song as well. Actually, shut up. I'm going to sing a song. (laughs) Right. Let's call it a day. (laughs) Cheers, Kevin. Thank you so much. Take care. Honestly, I'm balanced.